0: Okay, with Kimberly Butler, The Electric Eye is the screenplay, a very interesting film based on a true story about a, uh, a woman who was convicted of murder in the 1930s, and she she, she basically like uh, served in a men's prison. That's true, Kimberly?
1: That is absolutely true. Yeah, there was a spot set aside just for women.
0: Because women didn't uh, may, uh, do crimes back then, they didn't have a woman's prison?
1: well they had women's prisons but not in the area that she was uh, convicted in so and her crime was kind of uh, uh, unprecedented in the fact that she was sentenced to the electric chair so they didn't really have a place for her other than in the men's
0: prison and so she's the first person to, woman to ever like get that kind of serving that that yeah
1: yeah to my knowledge in the state of Illinois that's where the story originates from she uh, was the first woman to have that sentence and have that sentence carried out.
0: So did she do it? Did she Was she, she a murderer?
1: <laughs> well, the way I came about the story was I, I became the warden at that very prison. And as part of my uh, role, I, I was presented with her diary. She kept a diary while she was Sorry, there. You're so the course- you
0: were the warden at the prison?
1: Yes. Yeah. A hundred years later, after the fact, after she had already been executed, um, I became the first female warden to to be at that prison. And uh, a friend of mine presented me with part of her diary that she'd kept while she was on death row there. So I read it and there was some question in my mind anyway, based on her side of the story, if she actually committed the crime. And I thought it was a story that was worth telling. And um, so that's why I wrote it.
0: Have you, like, you're you're awarded, and I guess that's your quote-unquote day job, have you written stories or screenplays before this screenplay?
1: No, I never had. Um, I'm retired now. I've been retired for five years, but um, it was one of those things. I read her diary, and um, I, actually I let my mom read it, and my mom – was adamant that I write something about it and and I knew nothing about screenplays. So I consulted with a lady that uh, collaborated with me and she and I put it together. It took us about three years to, to get it to where we were both comfortable with it. And um, that's how it came about, but it's based on true stories, a true story of of a lady named Marie that was executed in an all male prison. And her cell was actually um, in the attic of the warden's uh, house so she became uh, one of his servants
0: (laughs) is that did you have servants yourself from the the prisoners
1: (laughs) no no No, they did away with that practice a long long time ago thank goodness Yeah. yeah and I also did not have to deal with the death penalty either Illinois did away with the death penalty which I'm thankful for I would not want that on my shoulders
0: yeah, uh, that's a well. That's a whole kind of like a, a issue too. So, okay, so you why screenplay? Why not like a novel or story? Like, why did you choose a screenplay to write the, this particular story?
1: Well, I just thought it would be more um, touching to people if they could see the character. I have actual photographs of her, and um, she was a woman that had to deal with several um, adverse situations from the time she was a young lady. She dealt with weight issues which a lot of women deal with, um, mental health issues in her family, which, again, is very common in society. So I wanted people to be able to connect with her as a human being and not just some novelty that, uh, you know, something odd happened to you and she had a tragic life, but for people to make those connections that um, that you might not necessarily make in a novel, although it would be a good novel as well.
0: It's Because the reason I'm asking, it's almost like your, your story – Is interesting in itself where you kind of you wrote a story you wrote a screenplay about the first woman to be executed and you're but you're also personally the first warden to basically the first female warden in a prison so it's almost like it's like the two topsy-turvy kind of like the prisoner (laughs) and and the warden it's like you're you guys both have your origin you guys both have stories to tell
1: yeah, it I, the irony was not lost on me the fact that I was the first warden to be named and work at that uh, all male prison, and that she was the first female that to be executed at that prison. I almost felt as though I was chosen to tell her story, and I felt compelled to tell her story. And and you know, my mom was a big influence on me as well. She also you know said, told me to to do it so. <laughs> Um, I did. After I retired, I I started writing, and knew right away I needed help, and and that's how the story came about.
0: But uh, who's gonna tell, us, who's to tell your story. <laughs> well,
1: I'm glad you asked, because I just finished my second screenplay. Um, it's going to be titled uh, "Rabbits, War, and Wardens," and it just follows my life through um it, what what brought me to where I am right now. Um, it's and those things. I mean, rabbits is uh, you just have to see it or read it to understand where that reference comes from but i've had an interesting life myself
0: as interesting as my
1: main character in the electric eye but
0: i'm just curious from the war, i want to get to your script in a second but curious about the warden aspect so how does one like like obviously you you go to law school to become a lawyer you go to medical school to become a doctor what do you what do you do to become a warden how does how does one become a warden in a prison.
1: Started as a correctional officer, which is the lowest level you can start in a correctional uh, facility. Um, and I basically worked my way up. I went to college. I had a degree in, um, administration of justice, which was related to that field. Um, and then the opportunity came about uh, to, uh, to be the warden there. And, um, I, I knew it was a once in a lifetime thing for me anyway. And so I said, yes. Um, but as far as how I did it, it was just, uh, showing up to work every day and do the best I could and you know, having <laughs> a, a degree. <laughs> it was, it was a challenge. I'm not going to lie. We could, we could write a book only on being a, the first
0: female warden
1: and uh, identify as a lesbian. So that was not easy either. because It's a very conservative area.
0: So, but at the same time, it's like you're, it's a man's world. Like the prisoners are men, of course, <laughs> but also I'm assuming most people who work in this, in this field are men as well. Right.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. 90 percent.
0: So did how do they some of was, them feel how some of them feel to be that you're their boss? <laughs>
1: um, it was a challenge. Uh, they there were a lot of them that did not want me there. I was not from that area. Um, I was a female. I was gay. And those were uh, three strikes against me in, in the minds of many at the at the facility. But um, I just went about it day by day. And and you know, I, you have to pick your close circle very closely because there were people trying to undermine and, and you know, possibly get me um, replaced or removed and um, that never happened. Uh, I just I outworked them. I outsmarted, him <laughs> I outworked them. you know, I kept my enemies close. So
0: kept your enemies close, that's good. Uh, it, like, I know this is a broad question, so, but it, does the prison system work? Do people get rehabilitated? If they go through prison
1: um yes and no um part of what i did after i was the warden i was promoted to a, a different position and it involved um, having a little more responsibility so i developed a prison that was intended only for rehabilitation and Um, Of course, right after I did that, I retired, but it works. I've still got friends that are in the system, and um, it's basically based off of kind of like a college setting. It was the first of its kind in Illinois where the offenders would be able to go, and at first they would have to apply like I would have to apply to college, um, and then they would be chosen based on crimes and length of sentence and things like that. Uh, They would be Closely vetted as far as uh, needs for what what they needed to be successful in, in um, the society. And um, it's it's working. The recidivism rate coming out of that facility is much lower than any other facility in Illinois. So I'm I'm pretty proud of that. That's probably what my most, even being the first warden, that was an accomplishment. But developing that facility was even more of an accomplishment for me.
0: That's so- because
1: I know that's me.
0: Did you have a protege take over it's, like when you retired, like someone to take take the reins of what you were doing?
1: Yes, I did. And she is uh, doing an awesome job. I stay in contact with her. Um, she's she's very good. She's very good. And she was with me. She actually helped me develop that new facility. We work very closely with one another and she uh, she knew what my intent was and she's carried that forward. So um, she she is doing an awesome job
0: well it's a weird coincidence that last week we uh it will probably be in the podcast um of file be- library before like out before your podcast but i i interviewed a prisoner who made a documentary film and he, he was talking about food and how they kind of made food in it but he was talking about how it's a different state of course and i know the united states has different states different laws but he was in north carolina and he was saying how it's okay. it's kind of like a it's kind of like a slave system, the, the, how the prison system works. It was like they're working for companies and they do the work and they don't get paid that much. They get paid like 50 cents on the, um, and it's like, and that's how the prison system is set up. It's like they want prisoners to get arrested so can, people can do that, though that's kind of slave, quote unquote, slave work. So then it helps, it helps those businesses out. That's sort of his, his claim
1: well and i would say that he's not necessarily wrong they do uh, even in the state that i'm in they have the offenders uh, do the low level jobs like working in the kitchens and cleaning and things like that and they get paid pennies on the hour um I, i'm not sure exactly what the pay is now You're seeing more um, like creating
0: product for companies like they're they're creating like hats and like and other products for companies
1: uh, yeah there are those types of uh, industries within prison systems that do that they they have uh, they might make t-shirts or uh, uh, socks or, or things like that then yeah. um, they do that for the prison system itself and then they will sell also to other um, agencies
0: yeah no i didn't mean to put you on the spot you just that it was just funny like i never <laughs> i never interviewed a warden before I never interviewed someone who was in prison before and it all happened in the same same week so i thought that was a weird coincidence. But let's get to your it is.
1: I I don't believe in coincidences. There's a reason for it.
0: So <laughs> yeah, no, because I'm getting both, I guess, getting both pers- perspectives, I guess. But but of course it's not that black and white. So let's talk about your because you you found these the found his, they're this person's journal, this person's like where did you found in the attic of the old warden? You said you're saying.
1: No, um, whenever I got there, there were had been several copies
0: made of her diary. Okay, um, so it was something then, that all the people knew about.
1: Not all of them. Most most people were aware of it, but they had read it and, and thrown it in the desk drawer and forgotten about it. Kind of that kind of situation. But for me, whenever I read it, it touched me because I, I you know, for, for one, I wasn't sure she was even guilty um, from her side of the story, and then two, the fact that you know I was the first warden there. I just felt like it was a, a message from beyond <laughs> to tell this this woman's story. So.
0: So you felt that okay. So then, so you retired, and then you're like, I'm going to be a screenwriter. And then tell me about your co-writing partner. Where did you meet them?
1: Um, actually, I got on a website. I can't remember which site I was on, but I, you know, I put a query out there that I was interested in collaborating with someone. And my, in my mind, I wanted it to be another woman because this is a woman's story. I mean, yeah. she had a lot of issues that were related to being a, a woman. And so I had several people get back with me. And then out of the blue, this uh, lady, her name's Marissa, she got back to me and we talked and she immediately was all in. She wanted to, to help and she had faced some of the same struggles as the main character. Um, and so we did, that's how I met her. She was fabulous to work with and she does a lot of screenplay writing for a living.
0: And so she, did you, how did you guys collaborate like through, through zoom or, or like in person?
1: Uh, we did a lot of phone calls, and then we would send uh, what we had written back and forth to one another on email. And then
0: she would make changes;
1: I would make changes. And, and it took us probably two years to go through it, two or three years.
0: So you, yeah, because you got you can you have to have a cohesive theme, I guess. And like I'm sure a lot of things that were in the journal weren't are not in the script itself because you have to like kind of discriminate what what story you want to tell. Yeah. So. And a long-winded question is like, what thematically, what is your screenplay about?
1: Um, it is a, about, uh, we follow the main character from a young age and to the point where she is executed. And, you know, I'm giving the whole plot away here, but that's, that's the story and all the struggles that come with it. And her life is just so tragic. Not only the fact that she eventually meets her demise in an all-male prison, but things that happen to her along the way. I had it looked at by um, an agency, and they they were like, "Well, this is supposed to be a true story, but it's it's not believable." And <laughs> like, you know, it all happened. It, it is true story, and some people, unfortunately, have very tragic lives, and this woman had one. Um, so that's the gist of it. She just has, um, and along the way, she was such a, a caring person. While she was in jail with the other women that were incarcerated, this would have been in the 30s. Um, and most of them were for petty crimes, uh, uh, prostitution and property crimes, yeah. stealing things like that. Um, she was teaching them how to read. They they had been left behind by society, and but she seen the need for them to to be able to better themselves. So she taught a lot of women uh, how to read while she was incarcerated.
0: Well, it also it's, it's a sign of a certain person, individual who actually re- like writes journals, I guess, right? Like who kind of re- documents their their life. Like not everybody maybe like 1% of the population will do, would do that. You know what I mean? So it, it just kind of shows who she is by doing that itself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's an awesome story. Um, you know, my hope is to hopefully one day get it up on the, the screen. I, I tell people it's a cross between, this is a stretch. I understand the green mile and, um, the, um, Oh, I forget the name of the other one, but it's a true story. Uh, there, you know. Of course, we had to ad lib some stuff in the middle of it and sure. and make the story, uh, you know, so make it more interesting. But it, it's the gist of it is true. And her life in prison and the relationships she developed with her matrons were it was just amazing to me.
0: Did she write about her warden in the, in, the, in her journals?
1: She mentions him.
0: Yes. Just mentions. Him, okay, because it's like because it's one yeah. of those. Those like stereotypes where you watch a, a movie, a prison movie, the warden's always bad. It's always the bad person. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: well, I took a different spin on that because having been a warden, um, you know, there were things that I had to be bad on, and uh, but I tried to be fair, and so I tried to make this man fair um you know and portrayed him as only having to do his job not necessarily wanting to see this but having to do it because that was what his job was so i tried to build that into the story his turmoil with you know having to pull the plug so to speak on her
0: what's the most realistic prison movie
1: um Gosh, I, off the top of my head, I don't I can't think of one right now. Um, maybe Shawshank.
0: Shawshank's actually realistic. That seems a little bit that seems a little bit fantasy of like all these buddies. It, it,
1: well, there are a lot of friendships that are made in, in inside the walls of a prison. I mean, you have to you have to have uh, comrades. So but yeah, I can't think of one off the top of my head that that's uh, that
0: just popped in my mind. Well, that's an evil warden, right? he's the antagonist of the film.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And we're not all evil. There are some good wardens out there. I feel like I, you know, I I think I did an okay job. I reduced violence in the prison that I was warden at by 10%. So that doesn't sound like a lot, but whenever you go in on your first day and you see people going out in stretchers, both uh, the offenders and your staff, I mean, 10%, Makes 10% a is a difference. lot
0: and any any politician with like a 10 decrease uh that's, a, that's <laughs> yeah. A lot. yeah that's 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 yeah. a pretty great job i find yeah i i can't i can't wait to see your next script i think i think it's fascinating that like i said it's like this is kind of like i that's where i brought it, up it's almost like a novel where like you're on both sides you're on you're on both sides of the spectrum like i said and it's like in the way that how you wrote it and now it's winning awards it's winning screenplays it's like uh Festivals—it's—it's uh, it's kind of an amazing uh, accomplishment. What propelled you to submit to um, the screenplay festivals like ours, like for feedback or just to see what what how what the actual like what the reaction would be?
1: Uh, yeah, both. I mean, I, I'm interested in feedback because obviously I'm biased and I think it's the best thing ever. But, uh, you know, I want to hear from other people <laughs> to tell me, you know, where do I need to make improvements? Because nothing's ever perfect. So it's the feedback. And then of course, you want the accolades of saying, hey, I won this or I placed as a finalist or whatever the case is. So, yeah, um, yeah it, it, it's all the above.
0: So you, so that screenwriting is you're retired now. I'm assuming you got a good pension. So, But screenwriting is your... Is your passion now? It's not something you're going to be you're doing all the time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm finding it really uh, relaxing, and it's kind of a way for me to get some of these things out because being a warden in a maximum security prison was uh, pretty violent, and uh, yes, anybody that has worked in that, yeah, it's it's uh, like it, you see things that you can never unsee. So it's been helpful for me to to put it on paper, and even if it never makes it to the big screen. Um, at least I got it out, so it's it's out of my head and on paper and therapy. And it's yeah, it that's kind of what it has been for me. Absolutely, and so I'm imagine, finished with it. The-
0: I can't imagine what you've seen. Like that's like I know you're, you're you're you you even if you scratch the surface of what you've seen wouldn't be like it's it's I know it's it's, it's 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 you have an amazing story. Your story is like I said. I know you're writing one now, but your story needs to be a film as well. So.
1: Well, it's finished. It's in the process of being edited, and and we'll we'll see. I'm not sure how well it flows yet. It's the first write, so I'm sure I'll rewrite it two or three more times. Yeah, so. no, of course. But you know that's the way it goes. I'm working on my third one. Um, a, a lady. I met a 97 year old woman during the Hurricane Ian in Florida, and we rode the hurricane out together. It, it, so it was just a fascinating time to to. You know to be with this woman and hear her she's from Germany and the stories she has I've, and again I felt compelled to, to put them on paper so and she she's given me her blessing so that's that's my next project.
0: So they're all kind of autobiographical stories I guess.
1: Yeah kind of I mean I've, I've got some other ideas that don't involve me because I'm really I'm really not that into myself <laughs> but you know that's what i know so that's what i'm doing um but i have some things that are purely out of my imagination that i will probably start working on after i get done with the, this one with me and the lady in the hurricane
0: well i wish you the best congratulations it was <laughs> thanks for your candor it was great talking to you and uh hopefully we'll we'll talk again after these the other screen i hope afterwards.
1: absolutely absolutely thank you so much thank you Three, four, five.